There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. Howdy, folks. It's Tuesday, March 15th. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Hustle writer Rob Litterst, and this is The Hustle Daily Show. Later in today's episode, ByteDance is considered the most valuable startup in the world, and we are going to discuss how it bopped to the top. But before we get into that, here are a few things you should know. Let's get crackalacking. All right, Rob, what do you got? Okay, the first thing that I want to talk about today is a little merger in the streaming wars. HBO Max is going to be merged with Discovery Plus once Discovery's merger with AT&T's Warner Media goes through, which I think is happening at the end of the month. But I thought this was really cool. So HBO Max obviously has tons of prestige series, has Euphoria, it has Succession, it has some old school hits like Sopranos, The Wire, all that good stuff. And then on Discovery Plus, you've got bingeable cable stuff like HGTV, Fixer Upper, and Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives on Food Network. and right. Also, all very good stuff. <laughs> oh, great stuff. It's it's just a beautiful combination, in my opinion, of like kind of highbrow and lowbrow TV, yeah. which I think could work really well. The interesting thing here, they're going to merge the two platforms. They're not going to do a bundle like what Disney Plus is doing with ESPN okay. and Hulu. So I'm really interested to see what price point they charge for this yeah. because Discovery Plus right now on its own is $4.99 with ads, $6.99 without ads, and H. HBO Max is $9.99 with ads and $14.99 ad-free. So if you put them together, like I'd be really, really surprised if they go over $20. And I think Discovery Plus particularly probably has some really price-sensitive subscribers. So that's going to be really interesting to see. For sure. Although I will say Guy Fieri alone is worth $2 a month. 100%. I could not agree with you more. I have to factor that in. (laughs) What are you seeing? All right. So do you like oat milk? Is that something you drink? You know, the first time that I had oat milk, I thought it was like this real novelty and I was like so excited about it. Come to find out probably a few months later, maybe like a year later, I read this article about how it's not really good for you. (laughs) And that kind of stopped me from drinking oat milk. What about you? I went through a binge. A full-on binge. I was down in oat milk (laughs) for like a a good two months and then I stopped because I was like, why am I doing this? <laughs> but I do like it. But anyways, the Wall Street Journal came with this feature about Oatly's growing pains. Basically, Oatly has done a phenomenal job driving demand for its products for years. Like really good job. Fantastic marketing. Oprah and Jay-Z as investors, oh, wow. like the whole shebang. Good stuff. But then it realized at some point that it needed to have the supply to actually meet the demand it was generating, and it didn't. It's just had all kinds of problems, mostly like around building and expanding its factories. Their factory in Ogden has had so much machinery mishap and downtime that employees on production lines were playing board games and watching Netflix <laughs> on the job. That sounds is like just a pretty not, sweet gig, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a sweet gig, but not something you want to right. hear. And as a result, 
Oatly has lowered sales forecasts over time. Its stock is down 80% from the high. And uh, Planet Oat now holds the top spot in the U.S. market. Though I will add, Oatly increased its global revenue to more than $643 million in 2021. So it's not like it's doing bad. (laughs) It just has faced growing pains and fierce competition. Yeah, and competition's not a bad thing. It means that there's an actual market for the product, right? They just got to get it together and figure out their uh, machinery mishaps, and they'll be good in no time. What else have you been checking out? So the last thing I was looking at was Bob Iger heading to the metaverse. What? Yes, of course. Everyone's going to the metaverse. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny because I feel like it's mainly like Gen Z and maybe young millennials that are heading from kind of big entertainment and big tech to the metaverse and crypto. But Bob Iger is not quite a a millennial or Gen Zer. Right. So for those who don't know, former Disney CEO Bob Iger, considered one of the great media minds of recent times, has joined the board of this startup called Genies. Okay. And you're either going to love or hate the next sentence. Genie's business has to do entirely with NFTs in the metaverse. So wow. if Just you're into that, great. <laughs> so yeah. many buzzwords, but yeah. Basically, Genie's was founded in 2017 by this guy, Akash Nagam, 29-year-old entrepreneur, and they've raised $100 million. I think they have over 100 employees. And wow. What they do is offer tools for making virtual characters, clothing, accessories for the metaverse for digital worlds that can then be sold on its marketplace as NFTs. If you're bullish on the metaverse, this is a great company. And they use slogans like, we are the Depop of avatar fashion. The Depop of avatar fashion. I feel like you just need to be so plugged in to even get that, which is probably what they want. They want like real early adopters. So makes a lot of sense. And uh, finally, in other news, talking about NFTs, Yuga Labs, which is the NFT company behind the Bored Apes Yacht Club, acquired the rights to CryptoPunks from Larva Labs. If those words mean absolutely nothing to you, all you should take away from it is that Yuga now controls NFTs with around $5.5 billion in market cap. And uh, personal favorite story of the day, Pete Davidson is going to space on Blue Origin's March 23rd flight. Ironically... You may remember he was chosen to save the colonists on Elon Musk's Space Mars Habitat in an SNL skit last year. It's life imitating art. Exactly. All right, now let's talk about how ByteDance took over the world. Yeah, so ByteDance is the parent company of TikTok. But what a lot of people don't know is TikTok is just one of many products that ByteDance has made viral. They have three other products that have eclipsed 100 million daily active users. Damn mainly in China, but they also release apps kind of all over the place. And and that's the point of this article that I was reading. ByteDance, the secret to their success is kind of like an organizational structure hack. And it's what they call their shared service platform. So if you've ever worked in a company that has shared services, it's common for things like legal and HR to be shared across kind of all divisions of the company. But ByteDance takes that and just puts it on a completely different level. They share engineers across teams. They share growth analysts across teams. And they even share algorithms and technology across teams and products. The entire goal behind ByteDance's shared service platform is to allow product teams to stay super small and focused on the users that they're working on and 
to make it really, really easy to take learnings from one product and apply them elsewhere. That's pretty cool. Yeah. One example of this that's really crazy is they have an app. It's the most popular news app in China. And they saw that video is getting really, really popular on the app. And that really kind of like started their obsession with short form video, which pushed them into Douyin, which is the predecessor to TikTok and eventually TikTok. So it's kind of this rapid learning process that they get by having so much of their organizational know-how centralized that really just kind of allows them to distribute that into other products and learn and test and get better and better over time. So because they have so much of this kind of institutional know-how centralized, it allows them to move really quickly and go in a million directions. So listen to this. In two years, ByteDance created over 140 apps in the app stores spanning 11 verticals. By keeping their product team super, super small and focused, they're able to release products rapidly, get rid of underperforming products right away, and they can cycle their employees to different products as they need them if the products that they're working on don't do well. So it's really just kind of like this incredible organizational tactic that they use to be really, really nimble and to take advantage of trends in kind of media consumption and digital consumption in general, which, as we've seen, has completely blown up TikTok. Like, do we know how big ByteDance is now? Some investors have valued ByteDance as high as $400 billion, which is wild for a private company. (laughs) Yes. It's been speculated that they're going to IPO. People expect it to happen in late 2022. But in 2021 alone, ByteDance reached 1.9 billion active users across 150 countries and generated $58 billion in revenue. Wow. Yeah. It seems like with each product, they learn more and more, which kind of means that TikTok might be just the beginning. We might be getting an even more addicting product product down the road. I mean, the one thing I've been following is these music products that they've been spinning up. Rezo is one and SoundOn is the other. Yeah. Rezo is basically TikTok's music streaming platform, like they're their right. Spotify basically. And SoundOn is their music distribution and marketing platform for artists. So if you've been on TikTok, you know sounds and music is a humongous part of the app. Massive. Massive. And a lot of current pop songs and music is driven by TikTok. You know, there's like TikTok radio stations now on Sirius XM. Yeah. Didn't Old Town Road blow up on TikTok? Wasn't that like part of it? Lil Nas X blew up on TikTok. A lot of artists that are really big now kind of blew up on TikTok. And They feel really connected to the platform. A lot of their fans interact with them through the platform. And TikTok building this kind of infrastructure for them to operate as musicians and artists through TikTok is super smart. You know, why use someone else? Building that monetization stream in there is just going to be even more and more powerful for them. It's going to make more and more artists want to create music for TikTok and test music on TikTok. It's probably pretty scary for Spotify. I would be scared. Yeah. And bada bing, bada boom, that is it, folks. For more on The Hustle's tech and business coverage and links to all kinds of cool stuff from around the web, check out our newsletter at thehustle.co. Thank you to our editors, Robert and Ezra. I'm Jacob Cohen here with Hustle writer Rob Litterst. You've been listening to The Hustle Daily Show brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. See you tomorrow.